Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. The Near Future Podcast, in partnership with Texas and SDGX. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Near Future Podcast. Um, this is brought to you by TechSauce and SPGX. And we're having a conversation today with a good friend of mine, Bruce Bateman, who is uh, sitting in Taiwan at the moment. And we're going to be discussing really around age tech, around, I mean, are humans going to live forever? Is this going to, are humans going to become sort of virtual in that sense? So we're really going to discuss on disrupting death and what is sort of the implications, social implications, but also we're looking at from the investment side, startups, technology, and these types of things as well. Let me hand over to Bruce. Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing great, actually, here in Taipei. So, you know, in Taiwan, we get around and about, so we're not stuck in home. Um, uh, that's why uh, I'm actually got lined up meetings today. So I'm in one of my remote offices. So. It uh, gives me ability to get out and it's exciting right now. You know, whereas most people, I mean, COVID is a bad thing, but for tech people who've been pushing technology, uh, it's actually something that's actually forced our society to now adapt and adopt to. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny times at the moment. And I mean, on one side, you've got this sort of digital transformation happening, actually being accelerated yeah. by um, COVID. So yeah. people are now in companies and universities, researchers, everybody's working from home. They're being forced to use a lot of the virtual digital tools. Um, yeah. So the whole system has been accelerated, which on one side is a good thing. So yeah. people are getting uh, much more comfortable, let's say with the technology. But also I think the technology that we're using today, for example, whether it's Zoom, whether it's um, any of the other uh, podcast um, applications, it's probably quite rudimentary compared to where it's gonna be in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, whether it goes virtual with glasses or whether it goes, I mean, whether voice is probably the next disruption as we were saying, yeah. something along this line. So I think it's actually an interesting time to be living at the moment. I think so too. I actually, in, um, in my uh, talks that I give, uh, I, I do a series of talks on 2030. And I always say for young people today, this is probably the best time in tech. Because the things that I started out on, so I'll give you a quick background. Um, so I've been doing this for uh, generations, um, decades. And I, when I started out, you know, we couldn't do much of the internet. You could basically just do tech, you know, messaging. Uh, I did, I created a work for some friends who created a streaming media company in 90, 1998, which was a little bit too early. Uh, got into video conferencing with a company called PictureTel, which was again, very expensive and very early in the early 2000s. I got into biometric space recognition uh, projects after that. And again, very early, uh, very compute intensive. And then got into wireless and uh, the whole 4G, 5G, smart city stuff. And, and, and for me, the, sad, the, the sadness of COVID has actually taken everything I've done in the last 40 years um, and actually pushed it now all together into a single 
and it's forced us to now do all things that I've been dreaming of, uh, avatars, VR, I've been doing VR for a long time, and, and all of those technologies now have all come together and they're all here. And it forces us to really adopt those technologies. And, and we talked about, you're talking about where the future of this technology goes. Uh, I just did a call a few days ago uh, for the women in AI uh, contest for Asia, and they used avatars uh, in it. Uh, and it, it was, you could jump, I had my own private, as a, as a, uh, a judge, I had my own private uh, room. So I had, a, I had a meeting room, I had the auditorium, I could listen, uh, I could move around. The difference now, that was a really kind of ugly avatar. And the future of that is there's gonna be beautiful avatars. I actually have myself in 3D, 360 real Bruce uh, avatar. Uh, and there's software that will actually then animate. And if you look at the new Vive that just came out this week, Vive, uh, HTC Vive headset, they have now lip tracking and eye tracking in it, in the, in the headset. And so you're going to see my, the next time we do a podcast, it'll be me in my underwear and you'll see my avatar. And I think everybody's avatar should be in their underwear. Well, no, no, no. My avatar will be in a suit and tie. I will be in my underwear behind my VR headset. Yeah. <laughs> That's not real life. But you well, know, it's... It, it, but it, but it's funny in this sense when you're now you're talking about um, avatars and VR moving into basically XR sort of this this total envelopment mm-hmm. of virt- virtuality in that sense and I mean one third of my one third of me I'm a neurocognitive psychologist so I do a lot of work with neural maps and a lot of my research is being done with cyber identity disorders mm. so when when you're dealing with a Having, having a level of comfort, a higher level of comfort online as opposed to offline. And right now, this is classified more or less um, as a psychological disorder. But when we start talking about age and population, we, when we start talking about breaking down this concept of dying or death and people that can live on and on and on in sort of in this virtual world, I mean, this is gonna become the norm I mean, there, there, there may be, I don't know, what do you think about this? But, you know, will it get to the point where humans actually will escape death in the sense where their body and potentially their soul, whatever disappears, but they can actually live on as yep. an AI or as an, a variant, an advanced variant of AI? Yeah, so um, I don't think you can cheat physical death. You can prolong physical death. We can talk about that. But in the virtual world, what, what Elon Musk's Neuralink is doing of take being able to implant and then capture and then record my, my brain. So in, in 30 to 50 years, yes, I think there will be an ability for you to, be, to take my personality, my, um, uh, my way of speaking or the, uh, it's called prosody, prosody um, which is the way I speak, how I speak, uh, the volume of what I speak, all of those things you can, and then my likes, my dislikes, all the things you're going to capture. And you're going to capture all of those uh, and, you know, into who I am. And then that you're going to store. 
And so, yes, there will be an ability. There are certain people that we probably want to keep and certain people we don't want to keep. But if you, and actually, it goes all the way back to a, a, movie, a cartoon called Futurama, where they were keeping the, you know, the brain, the heads of uh, important people. Uh, and that honestly is not impossible or out, out of the, the future. I mean, that the, the head itself may be a hologram of, of the, the original person. Uh, but yeah, I think you, you know, there's certain people with their philosophies and their, their thinking process that I think we, we do want to keep around uh, because they have that innovative or that really creative kind of uh, you know, niche to them. Uh, but physical death, no, but there are ways of prolonging it. Well, I mean, but, but I mean, I want to talk about this a little later on, this, yeah. this concept of actually recording memories and, and, and going down that pathway. But let's step back a bit. When you talk about physical death, I mean, clearly people are living longer. They're, mm -hmm. With their access to health systems, to the understanding, a better understanding of how the body works, how the mind works, mm -hmm. how the organs work. Certainly when you look at the advances in medicine and any of the medical services around surgery, I mean, nowadays you get a hip replaced in a couple of days and with, you know, you're up and running. It, yeah. So when you start to look at this, people are living longer, that's one side. And on the other side, specifically here in Asia, but you, do, you certainly see it accentuated in North America and in Europe, I think in Asia, we have a combination of aging bubble. People are living longer. And how is that now, when you start to look at from an investment standpoint from VCs and start to look from startups, especially when we start to look at a lot of these, you know, these new clusters of technology that's coming down the pipeline. I mean, where do you see sort of in the next three to four to five years, where do you see some of these advances? Yeah, so I think, uh, so first of all, as personally, I'm a quantified selfer. So I keep track of myself. I do my, 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 I don't have uh, uh, diabetes, but I do keep track of my blood. Uh, I, this is, a, oops, it's not good. Uh, this is a EKG, six lead EKG machine uh, device. I, so I do my heart rate, of course, my Fitbits and my, all my wearables tell me every day about my sleep. I, I wear the Aura ring, which is the best uh, ring right now for sleep tracking uh, and for uh, body temperature for COVID and also for activities. So I can track myself. And I think we're going from uh, where we are today, which is a collecting collective age. Um, and we're beginning to move from a, a reactive. So we're in a reactive world today. Uh, you catch a cold, you take a pill, uh, you got a heart problem, you get a stent, um, you get a bad knee, you get it replaced. Going into the collecting that data, we'll have enough data with machine learning AI that will be able to again, begin to have preventive medicine. And preventive medicine is really where we want to go. And then uh, with DNA in the future of, of DNA, uh, you'll be able to then avoid a lot of uh, possible illnesses by modifying DNA or modifying the way the body works. So, uh, so in the end, only through, through science and research, uh, I can do this. Now, you, you brought up your background and brought up, I think the most important point of the whole talk, uh, whole, whole topic 
which is I can replace everything in my body except my brain. And if the brain goes, everything goes. Uh, and you know, Alzheimer's, we're not able to, to avoid. That's genetic. But we can avoid uh, dementia. And, and dementia is avoided by keeping the brain active. This is why um, artists, musicians, uh, professors, uh, researchers, they're, they're, in their old age, they're still very cognizant. They're, very, uh, they're able to talk. They're able to understand. But if you take a great banker who retires and decides he wants to be able to uh, you know, grow gardens and have orchids and go fishing, he's going to die faster uh, because he's not using the brain. And the, using the brain and keeping the brain active, I think, is the whole key to longevity. And techniques now, there's a lot of research uh, in this area. And when I, when I look at venture capital, um, I think most, and, and not just venture capital, it's also government. Uh, the biggest problem I see is when I look at the investments, so mostly in Europe and in Japan, both from the government point of view and uh, from private sector point of view, there's a lot of investment in Europe and in Japan for age tech uh, or elderly care, or like you said, longevity care. Uh, but age tech, uh, I, I think is important because we need to invest so much money. I, 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 one of my companies, so I have quite a few different uh, companies, uh, projects I work on. One of them, our, our research center, we're focused on the topic of the who slash what is going to take care of you when you're old. And, and, and everybody eventually will say, oh, uh, and a robot will take care of me. But in Asia, we have to really think that through because we, do you have the room for just a Roomba, just a, a floor sweeper doesn't fit in most houses in Asia. They actually have to make small ones because we can't have this big, uh, you know, floor sweeper running around my house because my house ain't big enough. And my kitchens, a lot of kitchens in Asia are very small. So how do we have a robot that cooks for me or you know, cleans my dishes and all when there's no room for it? Uh, and and this, I think the second biggest problem, uh, so the size of the robot, the function of the robot, but the problem in robot and in elderly care is in trust. So I can hire, I can hire someone to take care of me if, if I have the money. Uh, which is something, and then where that person comes from. So, so in Taiwan, you know, we have a lot of uh, uh, house uh, keepers, or sorry, elderly keepers from Indonesia and the Philippines. But in five to 10 years, that GDP of those countries is going to be high. They're not going to be able to come here. So then what is our options? Uh, so then this is where I say governments aren't thinking about this problem. They're saying, well, you know, we can have, uh, you know, foreigners come or we can have people come and take care of us. But, you know, in a lot of countries, uh, this is not going to happen very, for very long. So, you know, what's going to take care of me? You know, if what kind of robot this is. But when it comes to care, the number one problem is trust. Uh, this is the research we're working on, which is trust. What is trust? If I don't trust my my caregiver, I'm going to argue with them. I'm going to, they're going to tell me, take a pill. I'm going to tell them that, you know, I'm going to give them a few verbal comments. 
but they may not understand me. So we've got a language problem, all of this. So if you build a, a robot for my home, it's got to basically understand me. It's got to know I eat beef noodle soup and jiaozi, you know, pot sticker. You know, those are my favorite things. And those are my comfort foods. Uh, I'm a 70s and 80s music guy. You know, I love that music. Uh, so you've got to know about me and you got to be able to, that's how you build trust quickly is when I say to you, oh, did you see that episode of, uh, uh, let's go way back, uh, of, uh, 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 of combat. Okay, that's from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you know if you remember that episode of, of friends you know that the robot's got to be able to know and be able to understand that's how you build trust quickly so I, I have great trust in my close friends because i've known them since high school so every weekend i still go have lunch with my high school friends here in taiwan so i've known them for decades and I trust them because I know what they're going to give me and I know what I'm going to give them. So trust is a big, big issue. So how do you design a robot that can have builds trust with a human in a matter of hours or even a couple of days? Uh, so that is kind of the research and, and where I see a lot of work that needs to be done because we can't do it our own because there's so much involved here. Uh, there's language, there's culture, there's my history. Uh, so the recording of my history and then translating my history into something. So when I begin to get dementia, you can show me a picture of my high school friends and ask me, oh, who is that? Oh, and then tell me about Eugene. Oh, where, where do you go? Oh, oh, you guys do this and that together. Oh, let's play that music that you guys used to like. And that keeps my brain active. And keeping my brain active and keeping me talking to if I, as I'm talking to the device, my brain is active and I'm pulling up old dusty files in my brain, that's going to keep my brain active. And that's how I'm going to live to be a hundred. But I mean, but I mean, quite honestly, there's so much to unpack there. Um, that last, that, that, that last diatribe, <laughs> but on <laughs> trust, on, on, but on trust, let's, let, let, let's dig a bit deeper on trust. Now, when we look at, for example, if we look at what's happening right now with the, especially around um, data privacy issues, you've got Facebook, you've got Amazon, you've got Google. Now they've moved well beyond simply collecting data to creating these behavioral libraries. So they actually now be, create these, not well beyond profiling people who are on Facebook and Google and Amazon. This also with Alibaba and all the other uh, major platforms. They, they actually now are sort of putting this data together to really sort of extract behaviors because that's what they want to influence. They want to influence behavior to click on an ad, to buy this, to go here, click on links and move around basically the internet that they are developing for themselves. So they're creating this sort of bubble and they go into there. Now, for us, so they are really good at that. They are extremely good of influencing behavior. We see now with um, social credit scoring, and it's not only in China. I mean, there's a, you, you hear a lot of people they discuss this, and you know the negative sort of perspective on China. It's in San Diego. It is in London. They are starting to put these systems up, and they're going to start looking at the scoring. So the camera systems that are going up and recording basically everything that goes on, and having some sort of a social credit scoring. So when you take and this is where we are right now. 
And this is sort of, I'll call it the neutral side of the internet. There are some positive aspects of this, there are some negative aspects of this, but I think generally it's neutral, it's gonna happen. But take that beyond into trust. So mm -hmm. you convert all that sort of data, behavioral libraries, everything else into an active agent, an AI agent, and that agent is sort of mediating between you and the robotics. So this is basically the concept of human computer interaction, HCI. And sort of, so, and you got this AI that's doing the mitigation between them. But that trust, I don't know, is, it once, is, is there a certain sense of falsified trust or can mm -hmm. it actually be a real sense of trust? Can, can one get to the point where you actually, when you have a personal AI agent, where you can actually totally trust them? That's one side of the, the equation. Um, well, actually, take that on. I mean, that's that's yeah. a deep enough conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I, I believe that, and I'm trying today to, uh, you know, do some. I do some stuff with Amazon, so, but I, I do want them to know about me. I do want them to know. Uh, so I have this this chatbot that I have, you know, dreamed up for, for many years, uh, working in in the automotive industry, where I just tell my chatbot I'm hungry. And my chatbot knows that uh, it looks at my schedule, so it looks at not just my my outlook for work, but it looks at my my Google uh, uh, calendars, and it says, "Okay, oh, you have a meeting at uh, two o'clock." So, um, and then the the number of problem in Taipei is not actually where to eat because we have hundreds of restaurants, but how where to park. So if I'm in my car, I've got to decide where to park. It's got to say where there's parking available. So there's a lot of, we talk smart city IoT, we're actually now putting all this together to build everything about me. I, I, I did a talk last week about AI, uh, the future of AI. And I said, the future of AI is me. It's me, mm -hmm. it's about me. It's about my lifestyle. It's about my comfort uh, for my home. It's about the knowledge. I don't play golf. I don't like. I don't like my TV showing me golf channels. I prefer it shows me football, soccer channels. Uh, you know, all you know, picture in picture. I don't care. I, I like to see it. Um, so there's. Some, I I like the things that I like, uh, and I like the food that I like. Uh, and so I, this chatbot would basically, I just tell it I'm hungry, it knows where to park, it knows where, it notifies the restaurant that I'm coming. It says Bruce likes lemon in his water. Uh, so please have that. And by the way, it's a six-minute walk from the car to the to the restaurant, and you know he'll be there in six minutes. So you know, and, and he, this is what he likes to eat. So I can see the menu in the car or while I'm walking. I can choose. I can pre-order. So you know that helps the restaurant because they get faster turnover. It helps me, so I get quicker service. Uh, so it is all about me, and it, it takes that data and it says, okay, you had Thai food today. Uh, yesterday so today let's have uh you know mexican food uh, so it can adjust my diet for me i said oh well you had spicy food yesterday you should tone it down today you had too many carbs last night you know let's tone it down today so so so, so, ba so basically you have a virtual assistant who is you no my mother <laughs> <laughs> sit up straight okay yeah exactly Exactly. That, that's the that's that's the voice in your head that will keep your brain active. Yeah. Well, everybody in life, everybody wants two things. Everybody wants their mother who can say nice things about them and remind them to do things. And they want a personal assistant which says, hey, I, I, can you please book me, you know, the, the hotel tonight? Uh, can you book me a restaurant? Can you book me a flight? 
Uh, you know, I don't know why when I have to go through and select my flight and my seat and all, I should just be able to say, book me a flight to Bangkok. And, mm-hmm. and it knows, it knows everything. It knows what my, my preferences, what I like, blah, blah. It knows, why, you know, it knows about me and it just goes, hey, Bruce, we have two options. Which do you want? Boom, boom. And I'm done. And then but, by, but, and, I was going to say, uh, but this leads into, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the most important things that you said, and really on one side, it's obvious. On the other side, I'm, I'm astounded that a lot more people aren't talking about this, but longevity comes down to the brain. I mean, they will be able with biohacking and bioimplants and a lot of these different types of technologies, they will be able to repair our bodies and keep our organs functioning and everything else. Mm-hmm. But they haven't got to the point where they can actually repair or fix or extend the brain, I guess, to a certain extent. Yeah. And I think this is interesting because what you, could it be that that virtual assistant that you're creating is in actuality an extension of your brain? It's mm-hmm. an extension of you as a person. So mm-hmm. it's got your consciousness, it's got your likes, it's dislikes, it's got your preferences, it's got the way that you want to maneuver. Um, mm-hmm. It's got your comfort zone. It's got your 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 getting out of your uncomfort zone. It's got basically your ego and your id all sort of wrapped up in code, right? Mm-hmm. And I think your ego. Think, How do you wrap your ego in code? <laughs> That's a whole other session. <laughs> but I, but 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 basically, you're you're going down that road. Yeah. And do you think it'll ever get to the point? I mean, first question is, when do you think that type of technology, having a, a very personalized virtual assistant that, um, that is basically reacting to me, for me, and only for me, so that trust sort of relationship is being built, when do you think that's going to be somewhat commonly available on one yep. side? And the next question after that is, do you ever think that biohacking or, or, or any of these type of bio implants will get to the point where they can actually move into the brain? Okay, so the first part, the second one is very tough. The, the first part, the answer is yes. I think within the next three to five years, so there's been some big breakthrough, uh, GDP3 in the, in the English mm-hmm. side uh, with Bert who coming, uh, you know, on the, so on the English language side, yes. I think um, building a, a virtual assistant it, it, it's all so the problem we have in, in AI today is it, if you take words as, as is, for example, if I say, let's eat grandma, um, your AI might say grandma's very old, the slow cooker is the best way to cook grandma. Okay, so they don't they need to understand the context. Uh, when I meant what I actually said was, hey, let's eat grandma. So I'm inviting her to come eat. Uh, and so, you know, if it hears just a word, so it's got to understand the tone, the, the what we call prosody, the tone, uh, the how you say things. But the next big thing after we understand what you're saying is the cont- contextualness of it. Uh, where am I? Who? Where am I? What is my background? Blah blah. All of those things we talked about that has to come next, and so that's probably another two to five years away. But the 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 chatbot technology in the next six to twelve months is going to be in English. It's going to be very very strong, uh, and then after that, we're going to begin to begin with much more contextual, location based, my history, uh, and that is all going to be coming in the next six to twelve months in my AR glasses. So uh, I, I the, the cell phone is dead. Long live the cell phone. 
uh, the cell phone will actually become my data center. Uh, I, I have on one of my phones over here, I, my new Samsung, I have uh, one uh, terabyte storage on it, uh, SD card. I have an SD, uh, one terabyte storage, uh, five, basically the whole, whole phone has a terabyte. It's got 5G in it. It's got the new Wi-Fi in it. Uh, that and it's got extended battery. It's got Type C uh, two-way uh, charging. So, so now that I carry that phone not as a phone but as my data center, mm -hmm. and, and that phone eventually will connect to my new uh, Vuzix has some new glasses coming out. I'll connect to my glasses. Uh, Apple has them. Google has them today, and, and there's a few others. Uh, AR glasses. Uh, and if that will be uh, Bluetooth uh, or, or, or Type-C tethered. And I will have my news information, uh, everything in my glasses. Uh, and I, to the, you know, in the next six months, uh, the news, news glasses come out uh, in March, April this year. Uh, that they have bone transfer audio on them. So I, I can hear, uh, I can overlay. Now, so when I'm starting to look for a restaurant, it will overlay the restaurant the menu everything i'll be doing hand gestures to click click so you're going to start to see people walking down the street like this that doesn't mean they're crazy they're actually you know ordering things and uh typing and responding um the the next big thing especially in asia countries where we have high urban density is you'll see a lot of uh, microphones that are very short distance uh, very uh, focused on uh, short distance microphones, uh, and there'll be quite a few of them uh, in and around you uh, so that it'll pick up and then it'll do noise canceling to, to stop your voice from traveling uh, beyond you. So you, it won't, uh, people won't hear you. They'll send out white noise uh, on that. So in the next three to five years, chatbots are here uh, and, and very strong in three years. They'll be here this year. Uh, they're here this year, but the next three to five years, is when they get very strong and the cell phone begins to, to become a data center. Um, and I'm collecting a lot more data, uh, hopefully somebody. So in the US and uh, parts of Europe, your menus, the things that you eat, you scan the QR code at the restaurant or at the end, it tells you your calorie count and ingredients. Uh, in Asia, unfortunately, we eat a lot of street food, uh, so I don't get that much. Uh, but Hopefully somebody will build an AI that says, and uh, you know, the the noodles that I'm eating, what the what the calorie count and the and and all is in it. Uh, and again, you know, food and exercise. Uh, the one thing I love and the one thing I hate um, are the two big uh, impacts on your life. And you, those are the kind of things that are going to help you uh, build that. And then. I will begin to trust my uh, avatar and my, which is my, 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 my chatbot. I will begin to trust it when it gets things correct. And, and today, when I speak to Alexa, I have Alexa, all Alexa in my house and I have Google Home in my house. When I speak to her, she's getting better. Uh, but she's not conversational. Uh, soon she'll become conversational. Uh, but when, She's not really common. She's statement based. Uh, mm -hmm. She's not flow based. And that's the next big thing. The next big thing in these Google Home uh, uh, and Alexa and Siri will be this continuous conversation. Now, that's the beginning to me playing with my robot. 
So that's a stationary, limited function robot now. And, and I can ask it today, you can always order stuff off of Amazon by just saying Alexa would buy this, buy that. But it's going to become much more part of my life. Now, one of the, some of the things that Amazon likes to work on is, for example, how do you track how many glasses of wine did David have today? Okay, so uh, it knows that you're on the fourth bottle of an eight bottle order. And it says, hey, David, how was that wine? And if you ask me to write it, I'm not doing it. But mm -hmm. if I'm in a conversation with my refrigerator or with my, my, my voice system in my house, it says, so David, that, uh, that pin of wine you just drank, uh, how, what did you think of it? Right? And you say, well, who am I talking to? You'll get used to it. <laughs> and you'll start to say, oh, you know, it's a little, you know, I, I like the robustness. I like this. I like, and they'll say, okay, next time I want to send you three other bottles within your price range. And you tell me what you think of those. And it's keeping track. And it's my personal assistant. What did I say? Everybody wants a concierge. Everybody wants that personal assistant. And everybody wants your mother says, hey, you drink too many bottles of wine. Uh, it's time to drink some water. Um, so that's where this is going. And you'll see it in three to five years. And yes, Amazon knows everything about me. And I want them to. Well, this is, this is interesting because, I mean, you, you do get that resistance. People don't know what they're resisting against, quite honestly. But I think a lot of people are resisting against the so-called privacy or data privacy sort of issues that are coming in. Mm -hmm. um, but that cascade is already, that wave is already rolling as far as the information going in. And, and on one side, when you talk about the aging population, that instant sort of agent, that AI agent, that uh, chatbot, that robot, that voice in your ear that you're hearing is actually there to help you live longer as well. And it, mm -hmm. it, 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 it also becomes, I guess, your caregiver. So yep. as you are getting older, as you, as you start to lose a bit of perhaps around mobility, as you start to lose perhaps a bit around uh, your thinking, comprehension, your cognizance inside, I mean, this is actually where this is actually going to fill in those gaps. It's going mm -hmm. to become an, a reminder to take your medicine so your adherence to medicines mm -hmm. maintained. It's going to be a reminder to eat this type of food and don't eat that type of food mm -hmm. um, because of blood pressure, because of diabetes, because That's of right. all these different types of things. Mm -hmm. So people will live it longer. But I mean, when you start to look at, I mean, we're talking individuals. You have this, I have this, things have this. What if the whole population has that? Let's say the whole city. I mean, pick a city. It doesn't really matter. Tokyo, Austria, Vienna. I mean, but if, but if a whole city, if this now starts to get common ground, where everyone has their own agent that's looking out for them, um, maintaining their health on one side, maintaining the reputation and status on the other side, get to work, helping them with work, um, these different types of things. Is that support? Because you said earlier on that the brain, keeping the brain active is a really important thing, which basically means, and you talked about musicians and artists, um, creativity, problem solving, internal you know coming over those challenges puzzles this kind of stuff and I, and I and I know what it is I mean when I when I ride my motor, motorbike around Bangkok it is my my brain is constantly trying to navigate uh -huh. because there is no routine there right you've got uh -huh. motorcycles took you got buses you got all this sort of thing happen so your your mind and it feels good in that yeah. sense yeah. but when 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 the agent starts to fill in some of these gaps um, from a societal level, I mean, are you giving up too much? Are you, are you dumbing down yourself? 
and, and and some parts yes but in some parts for example uh, when my father was around if he wanted to go to the store he had to wait for somebody to come get him uh, i don't want to be that i want i want an exoskeleton that i can easily put on get up go to uh, tell and say hey uber take me to the store and the car comes and gets me so i am not homebound Sorry, my, my, when I when I ask my Google, it tells me stuff. Uh, um, sorry, uh, yeah. So I I don't want this kind of uh, limitation. I want to be much more active in uh, interacting. Where I see the avatar of my good friend, I will see your avatar, David, in twenty years, and I can have a conversation. Hey, remember way back when we talked about this stuff? So I can have a quick talk with you. And, and that's where technology is. It's about reminding me that, hell, you thought about that. Uh, and so call the guy, you know, call David when you said, hey, you know, 20 years from now, we said, hey, David, you remember we had that conversation about the brain and, and look where we are today. So I can, that knowledge of my history and my, and all that is where I, I want this to go. Well, it dumbed down the fact that I, I could play solitaire all day. Uh, and I would have fun playing with my avatar, solitaire. Uh, yeah. Um, the same thing with watching TV. So I don't. I think the you know TV is in uh, movies uh, are not interactive. And there are companies today that are building interactive TV, where I think um, is the future of, of television. But we go back to the brain, and the reason why interactive TV is better than TV is it, it keeps the brain stimulating, keeps me involved. It keeps me saying, "Oh, I, I give the rose to this person," you know, give the rose. You know, why? Why would I? I'm I'm the contestant. This is the question I'm going to ask this. The 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 you know I'm going to ask. Uh, so I'm much more involved. And and will our society become much individualistic? Uh, where I'm in my pod, uh, I think so. I, I do believe that there will be a much more, uh, I don't want to say a pod, but a kind of a pod environment where I'm living. And I would be highly interactive all day. I'll be on real chat calls um, with people. Uh, I, and I think, um, you know, waiting for a letter in the, in the 40s, you had to wait for a letter for someone and you had a lot of free time in between. I now, when I think of you, David, I will just call you. And if you're not available, I'll get a recording. I'll record a video recording. And then uh, I'll, or it'll look at your schedule. When I, when I do a call, it'll look at your schedule and says, hey, David is available at three. Uh, would you mm -hmm. like to book a time with him? So, and you're, you and I are already retired, but it's still going to have that interaction. And I can say, yeah, book three o'clock, remind me. And I don't have to set the video call up. It's all set up. I, I just say hello and you hello and it's done. Now that's partly available today with uh, with the Facebook portal. Um, you can do quite a bit of that stuff with Facebook portal. Um, but so a lot of this is coming and that, that has tracking. So I can move around the room and it follows me. Um, and it's got some great microarray. So that technology is here. But I, I come back to our original talk, which is the brain. And I really think um, what Elon, what, what you know, Neuralink is doing, I think, is some of the, the first generation of, uh, of where we want to go. Uh, I, I do want my parts of my brain that I can't remember much of my childhood, uh, either for some reason. Uh, if I see a picture, I can remember stuff. But I would love to basically have that part stimulated 
and somehow reactivated. Maybe from the car crash I had when I was 12 or playing, hitting the ball every day with my head, playing soccer or, you know, falling down too many times, uh, you know, maybe parts of that is, is not active. And I really would like for someone to go from, you know, go in and, and activate those things uh, because all we have really in the end are our memories and, uh, and that well, keeps I us think, active. Well, I think that's is, I mean, that's an interesting point, actually. If you can increase the sort of the, the, the front part of your brain, if you can increase the conscious part of your brain where you actually have easier access to everything that you have learned over the years, over the years, over the years, right? And, and I think it was with Neuralink on one side, but I think neural mapping and some of the other technologies that are coming down on the other side to be able to upload some of the triggers to these memories where you may not have the memory just right there, but you have a trigger that opens up a different part of your memory casket. And yeah. you can start to understand and start to remember things within certain focus areas, if you want to call it thematic areas or whatever, to do with something like that. And um, it, it's an interesting part when you look at social engineering. And social engineering has really been sort of driven down from a policy perspective and from a societal perspective. I mean, there's peer pressure, these different types of things um, that have really sort of shaped society. But now we have the ability to create another one of us. And from a societal standpoint, from, from a, a group standpoint, everyone has one. And it seems to me that in the future, when you talk about longevity tech or age tech, part of that is certainly in the body, whether it's biohacking or bioimplants or these types of things, certainly technology that will open access or record different parts of the brain, I think is, has the potential. But I think it's also outside of us. I mean, you could almost see that in the future, living in a condo would be like living in a hollow deck. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that, that the whole thing will be a pod in the sense where you can transform that to a meeting room, for example, where it actually mm -hmm. seems like you're sitting around the table with a bunch of people, your team, your project team, yep. having a meeting, or you're at a social party, or you're at a concert, or you're at a cinema, or doctor. Or you're, are you talking to your grandkids? Or even this, and, and, and having the ability to actually have the, the, that sort of intersection between virtual life and a physical life is really getting thin. Mm -hmm. And that transfer, you know, people that speak two languages, right? They can just pop back and forth between the two languages. I think that the technology behind that is really going to start to bring these two sides closer together where you will be able to actually interact in physical life and very quickly go to a virtual situation and interact through that way mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And I think that is going to be really interesting stuff. You know, I, I think one of the things, you know, David, you've lived a great life. You've had an interesting life. Your parents had a great life. I mean, my, my dad was part of the, you know, World War II. He was a you know, POW in the Philippines, blah, blah, blah. He had a lot of great stories. Well, unless we recorded it, how do we tell my grandkids? How do we tell my kids? Mm -hmm. So, so this talk about having a, this my, my, me living beyond my physical life, I, I do want to be able to tell stories, you know, uh, from, I, I do want the, the, the neural link to be in my, my brain and, and pulling up these old stories and telling my grandkids, oh, you, you know, you, you weren't there when, you know, you know, when Singapore actually, the, the river was really wide and, 
<laughs> you know, you didn't, you weren't there when this happened, you know, you didn't see, you know, this is the experiences we had. And, you know, you know, we, I tried for years to record my dad's stories because, you know, they were that world, the World War II era, people had some, you know, great stories. And how do I sort of give my values to my grandkids and my great grandkids? And I think that's one of the things that this technology is just beginning to do is being able to collect us and being able to allow us in the future to, to you know, be able to tell our stories. Facebook, you brought up an interesting point from our generation uh, and the future generations, I can collect your social media and build a profile on you that is actually part of your avatar, part of your, or it's not your avatar, but part of your, your chatbot, your, 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 you know, I can collect all these things because I know what you liked. I know the pictures you liked. I, I never click, I never click on the cute cat videos. You know, it's just a waste of my life. Um, so, you know, it knows that about me. So it's, it, it builds these things about me. And I think, are we, living beyond our physical lives is what that is going to be. I think you're going to, in the future, you're going to have these um, discs of here's grandma, here's grandpa, and grandma's going to come up and talk to you and have this Definitely. interaction with you uh, based upon the way grandma and, you know, grandpa's going to be a slight racist and, uh, you know, but that's his generation. And, you know, the, but those, those things that all have value to them. And, and I think that's uh, the way, um, and I think one of the nice things uh, where VR is going is, uh, you know, before my, my mother passed many years ago, I got her a, v, a VR headset and she'd never been to Italy. And through friends at the time, we got a lot of 360, you know, um, VR from the museums in Italy. And my mother got to, and, and she had those days, she actually had to like swipe the, the, the you know, the headset and to walk around and she figured it all out and she enjoyed it for 45 minutes a day. Um, and uh, it's, she enjoyed it. So I think when we talk about the future of life, I think once we get, I think we're today, we're collecting our data and then we're going to then analyze that data. It'll help you live longer, tell you. Um, I, I have a stent, not a heart surgery because I have early uh, diagnosis. Uh, my DNA says I'm, I'm susceptible to prostate cancer, so I get a checkup every six, check checkup every six months. So I, I will be able to defeat it before it comes. So I have I have two sets of two companies that done my DNA, so I actually have a very good analysis of me. So I know what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Uh, I I do my heart rate and blood pressure, blah, all this stuff. So I know what. Um, I unfortunately don't always adhere to it. This is where I need my mother to remind me not to eat <laughs> that, not to eat the fried food. I do need my mother in my ear telling me to stop that. And when I order it, it immediately says no. Um, so, uh, you know, I, that is the future. So that's how I'm going to live longer. Uh, when exoskeleton comes, when autonomous driving comes, I'll be able to get around town when full 360 avatars of me come. It won't be me as an old man. It'll be me at the age that I like. Uh, so you'll see that and you'll always say, wow, you're not aging. And I'll say, thank you. And it will. And th now that we have this high speed internet with Leo satellites coming where you'll be, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to have uh, you know gigabit internet uh, to your hut in, in the middle of, uh, you know, of, of the mountains. I will 
you know, I can live anywhere. This urbanization is going to slow down and de-urbanization yeah. is coming. Yeah. Uh, and, and because the reasons for urbanization are, are going are dwindling, I think that will put less pressure on cities. Yeah. So all of that's coming. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Um, and I think the problem to solve this is VCs uh, and governments need to realize the five-year view, a 10-year view, and begin to invest in it now. Uh, if, you know, large companies, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Facebook, they didn't all make money in the first few years because people didn't see the vision. Uh, you know, if I told you I have this idea of selling books online, eventually I'm going to sell everything online, uh, you would say well, you're crazy. Bookstores are everywhere. Um, you know, and now Amazon controls, you know, half of the U.S. You know, economy. So, uh, you know, we need to see beyond the box, uh, beyond the circle. And I think once we do that and you stop and think about your life and things about your life that you say, I wish I could fix. That's where innovation comes from. It comes from you saying, I don't like the fact that I don't know which subway car has people on it and which subway car doesn't. Uh, uh, riding my motorbike, I want to know where the traffic is and isn't. And could the, could you please synchronize the stoplight so I don't have to mm -hmm. stop? You know, those are the things that are going to change us. So between the city, uh, my office, my myself, and my home, um, those are the things that are going to change. Uh, and it's going to change for the good. Uh, privacy is something that I, all that information is about me is an encrypted link between me and, and uh, my suppliers. I think it's going to be much more encrypted. And I think I'm going to choose a supplier. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'm going to choose a partner that's going to have a lot more data about me. I will then uh, upload much more data and they will know, and maybe it's not actually Facebook or, or Amazon. It may be a third party that I trusted and it sends the data to, it is my chat bot and I send data to everything to it. And it's a privacy link and it's not stored anywhere except on my secure server mm -hmm. on my, on my phone or on my device. And it sends out the actual requests. It doesn't, the decision-making is on my device. Uh, and then, and the reasoning is on my device, but it just says to Amazon, I need, you know, three bottles of wine. And these are the bottles of wine that I want. Um, and Amazon doesn't get a chance to say why. So I think that is an opportunity in the world. But oh, I, th I think it's a, I mean, this conversation is, we're about 40 minutes. This could be 40 <laughs> hours. Yes. But I think, but I think when we, when we start to look at some of the takeaways, I mean, we are in this transitional sort of period right now between the sort of older generation and this younger generation. The older generation is basically taking a defensive perspective. It's using technology where it can use technology, where the younger generation is going to be grasping at this technology. Mm -hmm. And instead of telecom, you know, suppliers, you know, mobile suppliers in the future, we're going to have longevity suppliers. We're going to have, you know, service industry that's really going to feed into this concept of the virtuality of where we are virtual, that interface between the physical world and the virtual world, how quickly we can pop back and forth between the two. Yeah. Certainly, when we look at the physical health of people, that with, with the, the health tech and med tech and all these new technologies, people will live longer, they will live healthier. 
The yeah. question comes down to really around the brain. How do we keep the brain active? And then how do we actually maintain that brain activity so it's got a purpose going forward yeah. too, right? Because yeah. we are looking at we are looking at a lot of the deep technologies in the near future, but we're also looking at positive impact in this sense. So even though there is a hint of social engineering or a hint of social credit scoring, which some people are being, you know, they perceive that as negative right now in the future, that could be extremely positive because we may be able to live longer than our physical lives where my great, great, great grandchildren maybe within a holodeck situation be able to say hey great 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 grandpa what was it like in your time i mean the history of that i mean i wish i could talk to my great 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 grandparents um in you know in, in you know 1800s canada and what that yeah. was all about yeah um so i think it would be an interesting concept when we start to look at these types of technologies and certainly it's, it's public sector financing at the moment but vcs are really starting to come in private sector, private equity is really starting to look at this. I think there's huge upside opportunities um, from the investment standpoint, from the innovator standpoint, even the social innovator standpoint. I think there's a lot of huge upside from that kind of yeah. um, activity uh, moving forward. So, I mean, it's a fascinating time. I mean, we said this at the beginning, right? It's a fascinating time to live. And I'm, I think we're lucky because we're that middle generation. Uh -huh. Because we've seen we've seen the, the world without the internet, we've seen the world with the internet, and we will be able to see the world with these brand new clusters of um, emerging technologies, and how that is really going to impact. I mean, seriously, really going to impact the way that people yeah. live. And I agree yeah. with you. Urbanization is gone. We're going to go through a phase now of ruralization. The the fact that people can actually so a lot of that, a lot of that infrastructure spending that gets put into the urban areas where the rural areas are just not getting the attention yeah. they need. You're going to see now ruralization. You're going to see a decentralization of governance. You're going to see mm -hmm. a decentralization of the workforce and the population, um, which I think is going to be a fascinating um, future. I mean, the next five to six, seven, eight years, I mean, are going to be a really fascinating times. But the big change is going to be in construction. You're going to have to change the way you design mm -hmm. a house. Oh, I, th I think material science and um, it, when, especially when you look at green infrastructure, when you start mm -hmm. to look at, you know, climate resilient infrastructure, all these new types of infrastructure. But you um, need a holodeck room. You need a holodeck room. Yeah, true. And and, and I think that's, and honestly, I think that type of technology is really going to be interesting. And it will help, I think, the older population where if they can sit in a holodeck and look at the world around them the way that they want to see the world around them, not sitting in a hospice, not sitting in a, in a hospital room, not sitting in a senior uh -huh. citizen's room, something like this. They can sort of see the world around them that they want. That's going to That's really right. keep their brain active and everything else. Yeah, right. Because see, when you go to a hospital or you go to a daycare or, or elder care facility, there's only so many people who can take care of you. So what they do is they say, watch TV or knit. Yeah. Keep yourself busy. So exactly. how do I, I want to keep myself busy, but I don't, so I don't need them. I want to keep myself busy in my pod and I'm keeping myself busy and then I have the ability to call who I want, see who I want, go where I want. And that's how I'm gonna live longer. I'm not gonna yep. sit I'm not gonna sit in a retirement home and and you know and just hang around people. That's not gonna and because there's not enough money there's, there's not enough people in the world or money and I'm not rich enough uh you know to have all that for me, you know, people sitting around me all day.
and keeping me active. Yeah. So. Well, here's to, right. here's to the future of getting old. <laughs> Looking yes. forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, All I've right, got to wrap. Th- I've got to yep. wrap this up. Uh, basically, Bruce Bateman, thank you very much for popping in. Yeah. Um, to the near future uh, podcast, um, we've got a fascinating five to six years ahead of us, and that's what that is exactly the time and space that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of interesting technologies and a lot of interesting investment opportunities in that, yep. a lot of interesting research opportunities. Um, yep. I think it's fascinating on that. So I thank you very much, Bruce. It's uh, my pleasure. Um, and I thank you everyone for listening. There'll be a lot of information down below. So if you need to get a, a hold of Bruce, contact yep. him. The guy, the guy is Mr. Gadget. He's wrapping <laughs> gadgets. Um, and he can give you a lot of information. Plus, yeah, quite honestly, I think he's working every continent around the world. He's got a incredible amount of insight and um an incredible amount of foresight on top of that on where we're going and i think that's very valuable so thank you guys thank Thank you thank you thank you guys texas global sparking innovative thoughts The Near Future Podcast, in partnership with Texas and SDGX.